everyone. Welcome to the regular exclusive podcast with Jace and Renee. And we're going to talk about movies, maybe some TV. But either way, we're going to talk way too much about it. So I hope Always. you enjoy. And Renee, I got to say, I, I'm feeling real, real dumb today. Because in our last episode, we talked about Halloween. Mm-hmm. And in that episode, I said that I feel like Halloween ends is going to be the last straight to streaming thing we talk about. I feel like that fad's not going to stick around. And then a week later, we're talking about a, a new one, <laughs> a straight, straight to streaming, streaming release. So yep. clearly I'm just not making the right right guesses on this. I told you, dude. I was like, I feel like we're, no, we're just getting started. Honestly, <laughs> it's going. <laughs> but yes, we are here to talk about Hellraiser and Hellraiser. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's going to be very different than last time we did this with The Mummy and The Mummy. It's a very different outcome. <laughs> yes, the 1987 Hellraiser is... I might say compared to The Mummy from 2018, it's probably the best movie in the world. But <laughs> but overall, just a great classic. And then the new Hellraiser 2022 just dropped on Hulu. And that is also a classic or will be a classic. It dropped hard. Oh, yeah. I would pay good money to see Tom Cruise in the pinhead makeup. Gross. That would... That'd be interesting. No, not after Jamie Clayton. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, uh, let's uh let's start off with what we've been watching so we can get into this creepy sadist dark <laughs> torture porn shit. Um, so what have you been up to? Yeah, I uh I've watched some good stuff. Um I watched a movie that I've been wanting to watch for a little while. Uh Under the Skin, Scarlett Johansson, A twenty four. Oh, I didn't know that was A24. I should yeah. have known. <laughs> it's it's a weird movie, but it's really good. Like Scarlett Johansson has a really good performance. It's a very like monotone performance, like not a lot of emotion, but it's supposed to be. But the weirdest part of it is that there, you know, part of the movie is her like picking up guys. Like she's driving a car and like talks to these people and then they're like oh you want to ride and they're like yeah and all of that actually happened like the people that she is picking up they're not actors these cameras are in the car and so it's just scarlett johansson being really charming and like seducing these guys and then like when they get to where they're going the director comes up and he's like hey we're in a movie uh do you guys want to be in this movie like side the form and so then they put them in. So there's like really real like conversations happening. But I thought when I learned that, I'm just like, what a cock block. Like all these guys are just like, dude, this girl's like into me. Are you telling me they couldn't tell it was Scarlett Johansson? Is she in like crazy makeup or something? No, I mean, this is, it's a pretty old movie. It's like 2014. So I think she, I think Not that old. Well, I think at that point, she wasn't black widow yet. So you maybe would have recognized her from like, he's just not that into you, but she has like a, 
a no, black. She was Black Widow in 2014. Really? Well, she has a black, uh, like short-haired wig on, so like mm-hmm. it doesn't really look like her. Okay. But I don't know. Interesting it, though. It's yeah. It's it's super. It's super good. I really enjoyed it. It's very strange though. One thing that also is the director for it. Uh, he directs primarily like music videos. And so it's a very like visual movie. There's no exposition in the movie at all. And so it's really cool. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like Daniels. Like they, they directed music videos. And so their movies are very, very visual. And so it's really interesting and cool in that way to kind of have a movie that doesn't do the whole exposition number. It's just like you observing and kind of seeing how things unfold. Yeah, it kind of expects more of you, but that's cool though, because there is that actually is like a real thing too for horror movies. A lot of like the directors would come from, I mean, just in general, like David Fincher also used to direct music videos and Zack Snyder. And it's like you can tell those guys have a really nice, really good, very distinct visual style. So visual storytelling, pretty cool. Yeah, it's a big, big deal. So that's cool. I that's on my watch list. And now that you recommend it, I, I also didn't know about a lot of those details. So that that's on the list, but I'm moving it up higher now. There you go. Um, then the other thing I watched, I think you mentioned it last week, uh, binge Dahmer and oh, holy yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a couple of minutes. Cool. Okay. It is. God. <laughs> wow. That. Yeah. It's like American movie. crime story vibes. Don't you think? Yeah on acid like it is turned up it's cranked up to 11 (laughs) it's like extremely unsettling all the time there's just no real like downtime to like oh this is like you know but it's so inner like it's so bingeable right oh yeah in the the whole first episode i'm like this is a tarantino movie like it was so tense the entire episode i'm just sitting like when is he going to strike Yes. And he, just, and he just doesn't. <laughs> it was inc- it was crazy. And then the, like I kept being like, oh my God, this poor guy. And then I'm like, he's gonna fucking how does he get like I'm like, he's gotten away. Well, he's gotta get back. They gotta bring him back. And then I'm like, no, he actually gets away. Oh shit, we're starting with him getting caught. <laughs> Damn. That was great. Evan Peters winning an Oscar. Or sorry, Emmy. 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 <laughs> this would be the performance to give him an Oscar for it, though. It was incredible. Like, just not him at all. It's like super just he nails it but it's also like they're not glorifying him in any way it's like it's very upsetting all of Mm. it and it's never like oh this is cool and he's so hot it's like yeah you could see how he was charming sometimes with guys but he was also like just a freak and like oh my god it was so upsetting the mannequin alone i know that that was like not even a person but that whole sequence yeah. was very upsetting like the grandma was like what the fuck is that doing in there and then he like <laughs> snaps at her and he's like like screams for the first time you're like oh god yeah <laughs> it was it was so weird like I, I i wasn't super familiar with the Dahmer story i knew the highlights but yeah, yeah. It, it was so wild to to see like how many just like freebies he got like there's so many red flags and the show is just like a series of multiple people just ignoring the red flags yeah except for his neighbor which yeah, niecy yeah. nash is incredible as She's well so she'll good. also win an emmy i think 
Yeah. But yeah, it was just wild. It's so sad to think that like they like he was allowed to go on for so long. Like nowadays, I feel like hopefully he would be caught sooner. But again, there's still those same issues that like like the fact that he would just say, no, it's a bunch of gay stuff in here. And then the cops are like, ooh, like, OK, yeah, I don't want to go in there. And like, oh, I don't want to learn more. And I trust you because you're white. And it's like it's yeah. just fucked. There's still all that stuff going on. But it's just really disturbing to know how, to what a degree it went on. And mm-hmm. like you said, multiple people, especially his his grandmother. Yeah, like, like, well, his grandma is like one of the only people that I feel like actually started to like get weirded out by him. Like his dad had just ignored him his entire childhood. But then yeah. like even like his guidance counselor at school, like all these people and just like no, no one just like no one is like, you know what? This is. This is a little fucked up, okay? I know. Again, I think he just, like, really, like, lived back in the heyday of serial killers. Like, nowadays, it's just got to be so hard for a serial killer. Not to say that they're not still at it, because obviously they are. But, I mean, nowadays, with technology and all this stuff, I mean, I feel like he would get caught a lot faster. You know, hopefully. Again, it's just fucked up to the degree that, like, yeah, his whole thing was fucked up, too. But... You know, it doesn't excuse it. And I like the fact that, like, we spent, like, an episode with, like, a different victim at different times. And, like, like his, uh, the one guy who was deaf. Oh, my God. I was, like, obsessed with that guy. And I was so sad. Because I was that like, was, man. That was heartbreaking. Really? But it was, like, those, I never see that on another, you know, a lot of these serial killer dramas. They're just focused on the person or the murderer that did it. And, like, all the, like, process of figuring it out. But... I will say also there there is like, you know, a, another side to it, which is that none of the money that went that came in from this show is going to any of the victims families and they didn't get their permission to even make it. So it's a little fucked up that way that they're like, uh, oh, this is fucked up. But then it's like, yeah, but also you're kind of not really doing the right thing necessarily. <laughs> like, I think it's important what they did and they did do a good thing, but then it's also like, then they kind of screwed over those people and like they reenacted it really well, but it's like kind of fucked up that they didn't have permission. And those people probably don't want to have to see that shit again. Yeah. After living through it. That's a bummer here that there wasn't any, anything for the families. Cause like they pay a lot of attention and like they kind of end the show with almost like this show is so people remember what happened because there's not a memorial, but. And then in the end, they still can't get any fucking money from it. It's pretty fucked up. (laughs) Like, honestly, like I just feel like it's, it's kind of a typical Hollywood thing though. Right. They say all this stuff and the message behind it, but then how many of those people are actually doing the shit that they preach about in a movie? You know what I mean? I mean, we know Leonardo DiCaprio's out there. He's fucking doing shit all the time. He's always posting about it, but. Other than that, saving the world, <laughs> saving the the environment, and twenty five year olds. Yeah, just, well, no, he's, sorry, he's that's his all. limit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> twenty four and under is is who he's concerned about. That's why he's so concerned about the environment. He wants to make sure that whatever future wife he has will have like a world to grow up in. Re- renewable energy, that's <laughs> yeah. what it's all about. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like Evan Peters. He has to be the front runner right now. The other show that I need to watch that I've heard is amazing is um, the Hulu show Mike, the Mike Tyson show. Oh, I haven't heard anything about it. Jamie Foxx is, is oh, Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah. Okay, I've so I've heard, heard about it, but I haven't seen reviews. I've I've heard it's 
awesome. And I've heard Jamie Foxx is amazing. And like Jamie Foxx is just incredible. So I, I want to watch that show really just to kind of, I feel like it's going to come down to those two based off what I've heard, but yeah, I'll, I'll report back. Please do. Cause <laughs> I've, I've not heard any actual reviews of that show, but I'd be curious. The, the other movie I watched uh, was a recommendation from you. I watched bodies, bodies, bodies. God. And, what did uh, you think? I thought it was okay. Oh my I, God. No. Well, what? I, I Why? Felt, I felt like, I'm not going to say it's bad. I just felt like it wasn't for me. Like I, it's definitely a, like a Gen Z horror comedy. Stop and acting I, like we're that old. It's not even like a horror movie. It's more of like a murder mystery. I don't know. It just, I thought it was okay. You Nate, didn't love I, how it turns out in the end. I won't spoil it, but that I, was fucking hilarious. I thought it was kind of funny. I did. Oh my god! But they were just all the things like you're triggering me, like, yeah. like all that stuff of like you're gaslighting me, and like all those fucking little phrases, which I think is just really cool. So they like the reason that it's very Gen Z, like, and it actually feels like real. I think is because the director let all those actors like write a bunch of their own stuff. Oh, and, like, yeah. come up with their own lines so that it felt real. And they also didn't have, like, set camera placement. So they would, like, move it throughout the house and it would just capture them in different... So they never really... It was just kind of all more realistic. But I just thought it was fucking hilarious for me, at, personally. <laughs> it was it was a movie that, after I watched it, I'm like, I want to watch this again in maybe, like, a month. Because I could very easily see it just being a movie that I had expectations going into it. Yeah. And those were maybe distracting for me. Because I did think parts of it were funny. But I think I was just like, I don't know, I think I was distracted by a lot of different things. (laughs) But one thing I did, I took one note. I'm like, (laughs) this movie was the perfect movie for a cell phone company to do a product placement for how long their battery life is with the with the flashlight app. I know. <laughs> I did notice that too cuz I was like, damn. I was Why like there's not in their phones. <laughs> there's not one mention of I need a charger. Yeah, it's a movie. <laughs> also the power's out, right? So I guess that's true. But just like <laughs> I was like there needs to be a product placement right here. Like, thank God I got my iPhone with 14 hour battery life <laughs> with the light on. Yeah, for <laughs> like, real. Like those old like TV shows, like yeah. <laughs> product placement. I I did really like uh, Maria ba- Baklova from Borat. She was in the newest Borat movie. Oh, is she the daughter? She's the main like chick that's girlfriend. She's, she's who, amazing like, in Borat. Oh my so God. So good. But I liked seeing her in something different. I thought she was still really great. Pete Davidson, I was just like, this is perfect for him. Like, everything about him, it was just, like, exactly right. I want to see the behind the scenes of them covering up all of his tattoos. Oh, I know, right? Like, there's one scene, and then the rest of the movie, he's in a sweatshirt. Like, yeah, can't do this a lot. <laughs> Too much. And then also, Lee Pace is wonderful and just such a welcome surprise in this movie because he's, like, 20 to 30 years older than everybody in it. <laughs> But I think my favorite is the chick who plays Alice, who's like just, I think, the funniest one. She's the one who's like dating him, the older guy. Oh, yeah. And she's just fucking hilarious the whole movie. She was my favorite (laughs) character. But yeah, maybe watch it in a month. Let me know what you think. There we go. Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, did you watch the Mario trailer? Of course. Right away. (laughs) 
I was uh, pretty nervous thinking about it, but honestly, I thought it was perfect. It was wonderful. I I, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I loved it. Blown away that opening. And, and then I realized I had totally forgotten that fucking Jack Black is playing Bowser. He's the part I'm most excited <laughs> for with that movie. It's just him alone. I mean, also Charlie Day is playing Luigi, which yeah, is literally perfect. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is Princess Peach. Mm-hmm. And Keegan-Michael Key is Toad, Seth Rogen, Donkey, Cro- Donkey Kong, and then Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. And I love the Donkey Kong like games and shit. So I'm just like, I, I have to know what Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong voice is. <laughs> he just sounds like an elephant, like basically in the games. So like, what the fuck? But I mean, if he's going off Chris Pratt, he's just not going to change it at all. (laughs) Which, like, it sounds a little bit like Charlie Day kind of has a little Italian accent in there, but we're all like, we like him. He can get away with it. He'll be be fine. He'll be fine. Chris Pratt just knew if he tried at all, people would just get, (laughs) they would be dunking on him. They're probably still doing it, but also, like, yeah, I would, I don't know what his his Italian voice would sound like, but I don't care. I He could try. It wouldn't bother me. I think I think hopefully he just doesn't do it because I feel like if he does do it, it's just going to be kind of distracting. I, I just don't be, think yeah. he's going to pull it off. I mean, yeah, and I don't I don't know why people are making a big deal out of it. It's not like okay, well, Seth Rogen, like, how is he going to sound like a fucking monkey? Like, what the hell? Or gorilla? <laughs> he has no idea about that. Like, <laughs> also, we've never heard Donkey Kong ever say a word, so That's just true. him talking is going to be odd i guess you're I'm right just, that i'm just too. excited for jack black me too i think i think he's gonna be incredible <laughs> i was watching the trailer i was like oh man this is really like intense for a mario movie just like how it opens and then when they he's like attack and they throw the snowballs like do you yield i was just <laughs> like this is hilarious i got some big vibes like from the what is it, those movies with the zoo and then they go to Africa? The penguins Madagascar. in those movies? Madagascar. The Madagascar penguins are hilarious. And they always get me. And so like this one, I was like, all right, I'm getting some vibes. Yeah, do you yield? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And then, yeah, I was like, oh, shit. Jack Black as Bowser. I am super here for this. It's going to be great. I uh, looks I, great, too. I follow this YouTube channel called Film Theory. And this guy laid out this whole case of this movie is going to have a bunch of musical like musical numbers because the entire cast have all been known to like sing and do musical numbers and i'm like oh man jack black and anya taylor joy like them singing together in scenes like where he has her captured like this is gonna this is gonna be awesome i mean oh it's gonna be great yeah i mean honestly i'm just here for it i'm curious what the fucking story i mean i know the story is like basically from any of the mario games i've played but i'm excited because i fucking love all the mario games i have all of them on the switch and i play them all the time yes this will be great so yeah i honestly was a little nervous and it was way better than i expected yeah, I had the bar very low, so I'm right there with you. I was like, I don't know about this, but the trailer trailer won me over. I'm, yeah. I'm, exci- I'm now officially kind of excited for it. Me too. But what have you been watching? I mean, again, what haven't I been watching? There's, We've been eating good this week. I feel like as a horror <laughs> fan, you're just like, I'm swimming in new shit to watch and good shit too. Um, 
later I will be watching the House of the Dragon episode and I am way too excited for that. Uh, but this week specifically, like this weekend, <laughs> I've just been, I watched all eight episodes, or sorry, 10 episodes of the Midnight Club, like Friday night. And then like Saturday, I finished it and I cried like a baby. This is the Mike Flanagan show, right? Yes. The new Mike Flanagan show with like, it takes place at like a hospice for young kids that have like any kind of disease that they're dying from. And they all live there and they sneak out at midnight and go tell stories like spooky stories to each other and it's like it's based on uh christopher pike one of his novels and i think it incorporates some of his other stuff kind of like mike flanagan's other shows tend to do i love that i've never read any of that stuff but it's kind of like young adult but people were like is this gonna be too much like young adult like i kind of was even like i'm excited but i'm not like oh my god it's like, you know, the next one he's doing is the one with Edgar Allan Poe, The Fall of the House of Usher. That comes out, I think, in the spring. So I'm like mm. super pumped about that because I'm like, oh, that'll be horror. But this one, I mean, it was really good. It was not too like young age, like whatever, like teens. They were all great actors, really great stories. And then I also like that they like act out the stories in each episode and it's kind of fun. I thought it was really fun. It really was emotional too. And it was like actually kind of spooky sometimes. It's perfect for this time of year. Spooky. Yeah. So but he, it's it's on par with his other stuff. So what's the next midnight show? Because he's done Midnight Mass, Midnight Club. Is he, is next Midnight University? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's moving on up. But I was like, he just busted out two midnight things during fucking COVID like a boss. So. <laughs> I mean, I was worried, like, is this going to be like the same thing? There's a couple actors from like his other stuff, too, that pop up throughout. I always love it when Rahul Cooley shows up. He's incredible. Is he the is he the sheriff from Midnight Mass? Yes. Yeah, so he's good. And he's also great in uh, Bly Manor. He's one of the better parts of Bly Manor. Oh, I love Bly Manor. And then I also watched Werewolf by Night, which was just epic and awesome and actually like horror, which like Marvel said that about Doctor Strange, too. And then I'm like, "Eh, a little bit, but not too much. You know, this one was like all black and white. It was like I just also love those old monster movies. So it was perfect like that way. And it was just a little like kind of a mystery like little episode and it had nothing to do with anything else. They weren't setting up anybody and it was just really cool and different. And I'm obsessed with it. It was great. Wait, you're, t- you're telling me blade didn't have a cameo in it. Nope. Dr. Strange wasn't in there. No other cameos, which is shocking. Robert Downey Jr. As a AI, he's not in nope. there. Oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> I will say though, that the main chick looks so much like uh Kristen Ritter, Jessica Jones, that I was yeah. almost like, oh shit, is that her? But then I'm like, oh no, no, no. Jessica Jones just beating the shit out of a woman. I was like, dude, what is she doing here? Because it's like all these people are gathered to hunt a monster for like this one monster hunter's funeral. But then there's also a werewolf and it's exciting. It's great. It's very fun. It's only like an hour long, so Probably my favorite thing Marvel's released in a long time. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's that one's on the list. I need yeah. to check it out. But yeah, I think other than that, I've been watching a lot of Hellraiser stuff. So, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I watched the new one twice alone. So it's a lot to go through. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's take a little break and uh, get into whatever, whatever this old 
gooey movie is all ew. about. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, but ew. So much for the cat of shit. All right. Let's talk about this very interesting movie. 1987 Hellraiser. The one that started it all. Yeah, which is incredible that it's spanned 11 movies. 11 fucking movies. And the crazy thing is that more than half of them were straight to DVD. I mean, why are they still going at that point? What kind of, I mean, I mean, they must have been bringing in a shit ton of money there. I, yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know how the straight to DVD revenue works, but Wrong Turn is another series that I'm pretty sure either the second, I it might have just been the second or the third one was straight to video on demand. I didn't even see the original for a long time, which was like really not good when I saw it finally. And then like they just did a reboot of it that was actually the best one, which is pretty similar, I think, for some of these old series that are getting <laughs> rebooted now. We'll get there, but. I mean, yeah. this is still a classic, but it's just, it's a weird-ass yeah. movie. It It's definitely, like, it's a movie that, for 1987, like, it was doing some pretty wild things. Like, it yes. paved the way for a lot of stuff. And even re-watching it this week, like, there's parts of this movie that I'm just like, Jesus, this is, this is hardcore. Jesus even, wept. <laughs> Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Such a good last line. But uh, I will say, yeah, no, the hooks and this movie has a lot of things that I'm just not here for on the general. <laughs> like, oh, that's in the movie. Perfect. Sign me up. No way. Like not oh. a big skinning person or the chains. And like, like the there's a lot of 80s practical effects, which I think makes it a little easier, but it's still like gross. Yeah, you know? there's a lot of gooiness and red blood skinned people like disgusting. Yeah, it's it's very gross. Like for like how it's... horny this movie is. Why is it so disgusting? <laughs> how are people horny in this movie with how much disgusting shit is happening? Uh, I'll never yeah, get it. Yeah, like I don't think. I don't think this movie is gory. I think it's gross. Like in my head, there's there's very different. Those are two very different things. Like there's gory, which is uh, your know, blood guts, hostile, but like this is this is just this is gr gross. <laughs> there's a lot of gross stuff, but I will say, like I'm gonna fight you on that and say the chains it, ripping people apart is pretty gory. It's very it's very gory. I'm not. But saying I know it's what you mean gory. by that. In the same way, this movie feels more close to like the fly remake from the eighties and then like the thing special effects where it's all practical and it's like, it's really gross looking, but it's like not as gory as I would yeah. think about gore, but maybe that's just cause also we weren't like watching these movies back then. Yeah. So this was gory at that time, but now yeah. it just looks gross. I feel like this is, this is the only movie that Eli Roth watched growing up. He's just like, I'm going to be, grosser than this in I my think he in did, things yeah. i do <laughs> this movie has the 80s thing though where it's just it's not only nasty it's gooey it's everything gooey. in the 80s gore wise was really gooey and like disgusting and like like just ugh. okay yeah talk about <laughs> it do you want to do a little overview? yeah <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll do a little thing so yeah this movie came out in 1987 and just for all of us to kind of know what was going on back then, um, 
the original Predator came out that year. Jaws the Revenge. Is that the fourth the second? One. That's the fourth. <laughs> the one with Michael Caine, and it takes place in Jamaica, I think, Michael with the Caine. shark chasing the mom there. <laughs> uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Robocop. Never and, seen that. Oh, Robocop, solid. I watched it a bunch as a kid. And Princess Bride. Princess Bride, classic. Yeah, so there, there's some good movies that were that were going on then. So here's the, before I say the plot of this movie, just for anyone who has not seen this movie, I would not say this is a movie that you should just, you should go watch. It is, unless you really like gore and horror movies, maybe don't watch this. This is an unsettling movie. I wouldn't like, even say unsettling. It's just gross. But it's also <laughs> like, it's just very weird. It's like a certain kind of taste. Like, I love horror. So I was like, I have to at least check out the first one just to know what the fuck this is. This is not a good, I'm going to dip my toe in the horror. Oh, God, no. Horror genre. Run away <laughs> screaming and never come back. There's a lot of like skinned corpses, chains ripping people apart, a lot of like, corpses Goo. Is, yeah gooey bloody just <laughs> disgusting shit and it's just really weird so i wouldn't recommend it but it is like it is notable that it is like a classic that people who love horror there's a lot of there's a big yeah. community that fucking love these movies i've always wondered why and i had to watch and i'm not sure i still know but <laughs> i've at least seen the second one after it and they're not they're definitely like well-made movies. Like they're definitely good. They're going yeah. for a certain thing and they're nailing that. Yeah. It's just not necessarily my thing. I don't, <laughs> I love horror movies and I'll watch fucked up shit all day, but I'm still not into like, this feels like very early torture porn. Yeah. I know that yeah. they it's more than that. I get it. I'm not just like gross. I can handle fucking gore, but it's like, I know there's a plot. So thank God, but still, it's just a lot to handle, even <laughs> if it's from the 80s. It's just gross. Yeah. So the the movie was, uh, the budget was super low. It was made for less than a million dollars. I know some of the sequels were made for like less than $500,000, but it grossed about $14 million. So it was, it was a hit. Like they definitely made money off this. So, I mean, that explains maybe the next three sequels. The next... Eight, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, I still can't believe that. I mean, it's I'm I get the reboot thing, yeah. but all the ones in between. I mean, I can't believe are people are you out there? Are you still watching these things every couple of years when they would throw them out there and just see? Sorry, guys, can't come over watching Hellraiser again. Yeah, I can't even <laughs> name any of the other ones, but they just sound ridiculous, and they go to space pretty early. Like I think the fourth one, which yeah. usually is like that's like a seventh or eighth thing. Come on. <laughs> Nobody goes to space until you've forgotten how to do things. Like, you're like, we need to go somewhere different. And that's the weird part is like the the third or the fourth one is technically like the end. <laughs> so like the end, they like they solve the problem of the Cenobites. And so then the next eight movies, uh, I guess, just happen in between the second and the third movie yeah that's they're like well technically we could still go back in time you know <laughs> people are obviously wanting more of these things i mean i can't imagine that they get any better i'm sure that they just get worse and that they probably yes. just get more and more disgusting would i be right 
Yeah, you're 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 right there. Yeah, I don't need to watch any of them. But okay, so the plot of this movie is a woman discovers the newly resurrected, partially formed body of her brother-in-law. She starts killing for him to revitalize his body so he can escape the demonic beings that are pursuing him after he escaped the sadistic underworld. Mouthful. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, thanks, IMDb. Uh, I mean, I think my plot for this movie would just... It wouldn't even be a plot. I think I would just change the title to Moist, the horror it would be fitting but it'd be it's, disgusting this movie is just so wet and gooey we've already said it a bunch but like it's the key it's, word it's so weird i agree with that it is very gooey very disgusting everybody wants like there's a bunch of fucking that's happening or trying to happen and i just i don't understand any of it none of it's sexy and all of it is gross so i don't know why anyone is into anything in this movie and everybody is like People were like, they cast like real actors in this movie. And I was like, did they? Honestly, like, <laughs> I get it for like the Cenobites, but like, I mean, are we trying to say that the chick who plays Kirsty is a really good actress? Because <laughs> like, I don't know. She's fine, but like, I, I liked Kirsty. I like I, her, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know if I call her an actress. Like, <laughs> has she been in literally anything else <laughs> besides no. Hellraiser 2? I look because I know IMDb. that she's in that. But that's what I'm saying. And like, the guy who plays the br- the the husband. I hate him. He's such a bad actor, I and he's also just so bad. So much. He has, <laughs> some, he has all of my favorite lines in the movie, though. Besides, I think Pinhead has the best ones, um. But he has the second best ones, like like when they're moving into the house, and the movers like they move that giant ass mattress into the hallway from the door, and then they're like, "Oh man, we should take a break. Let's get some beers." And then when Kirsty shows up, the daughter, and they're like, oh, wow, she really got her mother's looks. And right away, the dad immediately responds with, like, before they get that out of their mouth, he's like, her mother's dead. And it's like, whoa, awkward. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. That's your daughter? Uh-huh. Got her mother's looks. Her mother's dead. Just like he's so quick to respond that way, and it really just shuts everything down. It was great, but it was hilarious. My my other favorite line of his was right after the mom kills the first guy in mm-hmm. the in the attic. She's like covered in blood, and then she runs into the bathroom, and then the dad comes up and he's like, "You want a cookie, little girl?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's super what? weird. And that's the whole thing of the movie, right? Is that this chick who's married to this guy, Larry, she's obsessed for some unknowable reason with his brother, Frank, which like we see their scene where they meet and have sex and it is not sexy at all. It's weird and just disturbing. Again, it's not attractive. (laughs) He whips out a fucking blade before they even like take their clothes off. I'm like, Jesus. And he's the reason for all of this problems and so he he solves this uh he finds this puzzle box yeah the movie starts with him getting a puzzle box and then he solves it and back on the note of like this movie being very sexual like the puzzle box is really sexual like the way they rub the top i'm like we're just, like if we just change the music to like take my breath away 
It's like, it's it's like a very scene. sensual thing. I mean, again, if it would be if the guy wasn't immediately like ripped apart with chains. That scene with Take My Breath Away still is, yeah. is, is different, even with the chains. Yeah. So this guy gets taken and then he's taken down to hell because, of course, because he's like, oh, I've I've. I've had I've had everything in the world. I've had all the pleasures, so I'm gonna go to heaven or hell, whatever this thing opens. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude, relax. What are all these people <laughs> with I've had too much sensation and I need more? It's like, are you kidding? I would rather have no sensation for the rest of my life than have way too much. That would be the worst. Who is looking for that? And so then, yeah, they get taken to hell, and then his wife, sorry, his brother. And yeah. his wife move in to the house. And I think they like inherit it or something. Whatever. The guy isn't even officially dead. They're just like, oh, he's gone. So they just, I don't even remember how that whole worked. They oh. just showed up and they were like, oh, he's been squatting here. So maybe he wasn't even supposed to be living there. And then they, the husband cuts himself up in the attic. And then the creepy ass nope, fucking. He, he cuts himself while they're moving the mattress. Yeah. That's. So that was one of the weirdest things to me is during the whole thing of the 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 wife remembering her fucking the brother like they're showing them having sex and it's like they're doing this parallel of them having sex and then the dad moving the mattress. Yeah. And I'm like, what what's going on? <laughs> like, Turning everybody on. It's just like he's just like plowing into her just pushing into her and they're just like push the mattress it's like this parallel and then yeah he gets his hand cut on the nail and it just gashes him and i'm like that's a lot of blood for yeah. a hand like what? like I know. a cherry pie like, when they're like doing that it is literally just disturbing how much like blood comes out of that wound onto the floor yeah. it's like there's no way that there would be that much yeah it's like you hit an artery or something in your the top of your hand what's going on i know it doesn't make any fucking sense but it's just it's very weird and then she starts like bringing home men that she's seduced to like feed this guy because she's into more the skinned corpse is more attractive to her than her husband, which like, I get it. This guy's not anything, but also like girl, go out there and get yourself another man. This sounds like too much fucking work. I was halfway expecting there to be like a sex scene between her and the skinless version of him. I mean, like... she sucked his fingers. That was already enough. It was just <laughs> disgusting. Why? Why is anybody horny in this movie? Everyone looks disgusting, but <laughs> Again, I haven't read like the original like, you know, text that this is based off of. But <laughs> maybe like it makes more sense then, but for me it just seems like we're just it's a very bizarre story and setup, you know, and I know Clive Barker is like a horror like everybody loves him and he's also an author. I've never read any of his stuff. It sounds pretty fucked up. Like once I knew he did Hellraiser, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I need to check out his other shit, but <clears throat> I was very surprised to find out that he also wrote the short story that is responsible for Candyman. Oh. And I actually really enjoyed uh, Candyman, the original movie, and the new one. Um, that one should have had 10 sequels. I'm sure it does. It probably has like three or four, but <laughs> it's better to me. I like that one better than this one, which I know is based on the hellbound heart. I feel like it's it's interesting or unique that he wrote the story and then adapted his own story. Mm -hmm. Is there I can't think of of any other authors that have done that. Have do you think of any? 
Well, I do know that uh, besides, I know Stephen King, and I've mentioned it, that he wrote the short story Trucks that Maximum Overdrive is based off of. Mm -hmm. um, and he also directed that. But that's the only one he ever directed. But then I know Clive Barker did it a bit more. And then also I want to say um, Michael Crichton, who he did, obviously didn't direct Jurassic Park. But a lot of authors that have switched into it, they've all said, you know, I saw how other directors took my the words I wrote and then like changed it. And I wanted to have more full control over my whole vision, which makes mm. sense. Like Alex Garland is another director who did Men and Annihilation and stuff. He hasn't directed, I don't think, any of his own work, but he's directed. He's actually a, an author is where he was first. Mm. And then he was writing screenplays, but then he was like, oh, I want to actually be the one directing the vision as well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not it's a it's a very rare thing. I think it's really cool that you can have like such a way with the written word, but then also be very visual, too, because Clive Barker, I will say he definitely is visual. Definitely. <laughs> a little too visual. <laughs> one visual that really stood out to me every time it was on screen. The mother's hair. It was. It was a masterpiece. I was getting like real hard David Bowie vibes of her <laughs> yeah. the entire movie, like the star <laughs> earrings and just the hair. It's like she just went like full Super Saiyan. It was just up the yeah. entire movie. I just was like, I mean, the 80s just sometimes just feel like such a long time ago. Because I'm just <laughs> like, is this an attractive, super hot woman? Like they're all acting like it's fucking like they're all acting like it's Angelina Jolie out there. And I'm like, this is definitely like she looked like I was like, she kind of looks like. Sigourney Weaver, but like less attractive. She kind of it's it's like she looks like an old Sigourney Weaver. And yeah. I'm like sure she was not that old here. So I'm sorry. But I was just like, really, this chick? I mean, I just feel like also she's a weird actress. I just wasn't into it. Yeah. <laughs> I was confused the whole time. I'm like, what is going on in, in the story? But then also with her, I will say the best actor I think we can agree on is Doug Bradley, who plays Pinhead. <laughs> Explorers in the further regions of experience, demons to some, angels to others. Yeah, for he has a he has an Anthony Hopkins kind yeah. of amount of time in the movie Silence of the Lambs situation. Yeah, he's a, he's like interesting, and I think that's funny that you mentioned that because the director said that when they were figuring out like or when he created the character of Pinhead, that he wanted somebody who was like, you know a Hannibal Lecter where instead of like, cause at the time it was like, you know, Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger and like Jason Voorhees are like the top like villains right now at that time. So they were like, he's like, I want someone more like Hannibal Lecter. Right. Who's like, he's smart. Right. And he, he's always a few steps ahead of you. I think he was talking about the books, obviously not the movie. Yeah. I must've been talking about the Manhunter book. Yes. Yeah, I was just looking it up. I was like, Silence of the Lambs in 91. Yeah, sorry. But, no, I meant just like Hannibal Lecter, the yeah. character. The fact that he was like super smart and always like had that thing of like, he's just as evil as the rest of the guys, but he's like, he'd probably be at least three to four steps ahead of you at any given time. And that's yeah. kind of like what he wanted with, with Pinhead is that he's smart and he's like, can, can he communicate? He's not just like, you know, mm -hmm. this silent killer. Yeah. And the thing about this movie is that it has uh, like it has some of the best practical effects uh, like especially for the time 
but also it has like some of the worst special effects. Like the little like sparks that would fly when they would play with the box. I'm just like, did someone draw this on with a crayon? Like, what? I know. They used that a lot at the end of the movie too. And I read that like the director said that they like ran out of money out of money for those things. And like that him and his friend like edited it over a weekend when they were like drinking a shit ton of fucking alcohol. And he's like, I'm surprised, honestly, that it turned out as good as it did, <laughs> which I thought made it really funny. <laughs> but yeah, like the the practical effects are, they, I mean, they're gooey and gross, but they are very impressive. Like that whole scene when Frank is like re is coming out of the floor and like yeah, regenerating. regenerating after the blood is spilled up. there. It's like yes. it's like stop motion to make it seem fast. But like it all like looks really really good so it's really impressive just yeah from the time period that they did this and yeah like as they progressed it's kind of like the the saw franchise like as as they kept going they just got kind of grosser and grosser i mean yeah it's again it's very much of like we forgot why people really liked the first one Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i think also like they don't have once you lose that like i mean they also lost clive barker after the first one i think the second one is still like on par with the original I'm sure the, I know the original is better, but I yeah. think the second one from what I remember is pretty close. And then everything I've heard about the other ones is just like weird. <laughs> doesn't <laughs> yeah. sound like they're anything like at all related. I mean, I know they are, but just like kind of weird plots and they kind of lose the whole point of it, which again, I wasn't super here for the point of it. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'd be down to see like maybe a detective story mixed in here. That sounds fun. Well, and all the all like when they get into the later movies, they ended up like just not even writing Hellraiser stories. They they bought other scripts and then they just threw Pinhead in to make it work. And it's just kind of weird. But I mean, I think we can kind of wrap this up here. Yes, please. Because the thing that I'm most happy about with the new movie is that they finally made a Hellraiser movie that really revolved around the the Cenobites. Because that's yes. the reason we love the first one. The design of them is awesome. And they are like, hey, you know, it's been 30 years. What if we made a movie where, like, this is about them and not some other story that involves a puzzle box? <laughs> I agree. It was like there was that, but it's like it all, like, we got a lot more understanding and, like, seeing the Cenobites than, like, the first one ever did. Yeah, And I feel like people are still complaining that we didn't see them enough. And I'm like, well, then just watch any of the other previous sequels i'm sure that they're like the stars of those ones because they don't have anybody else in them <laughs> there's there is a place that you can watch it it's called youtube just yeah. cenobite scenes that's it <laughs> it's like they're not i mean it's literally like there still has to be a fucking hero for you to root for or somebody not a hero but like a main character there's supposed to be a plot <laughs> it can't just be cenobite party which like i mean maybe we could have a spinoff for like you know a one episode special <laughs> yeah Cen- I'm here for Cenobite, it. the yeah. movie. <laughs> People would fucking be there, dude. But yeah, let's talk about the good one. Oh, shit. Hot take. <laughs> All right. We are here to talk about the, as I just said, the good Hellraiser, the one that just dropped 2022 on Hulu. Directed by David Bruckner and starring a new pinhead this time with Jamie Clayton taking over the role from Doug Bradley and the fourth pinhead. Yeah. 
and now my favorite, definitely. She's pretty great. But yeah, David Bruckner is like the reason I was like, I mean, I I like Hellraiser. I think it's great, but like, it's just not my jam. It's not my thing. So I wasn't like, you know, I'm going to be here day one for this movie until I found out that David Bruckner was directing because he's done some of my favorite movies, including The Night House, which just, just came out in 2020. That was good. And he also did The Ritual, which came out. Just, on just watch that. That was great. So good. And he also did uh, a, the, the first segment, I think, in VHS. Is that the one with the creature? The girl? The girl's yeah. in, the, the siren in the motel chick. room? Mm-hmm. That it's a, hard. That's my favorite one in that whole episode, I think. And then um, also there's another anthology movie he did with the same guys from VHS called Southbound. It's actually mm. like two of the, the directors who are the ones who did Ready or Not and Scream. They also did this other one called Southbound, and he directed a segment in that that's great. It says he also directed episodes of Creep Show, the TV show, which hmm. I need to watch that because I anything this guy does, I'm just like obsessed with it. I think he's got such talent. His visuals are always just out of control and they're mm-hmm. so cool. And just the way that his his visual style is unbelievable. And it really affected itself like really well in this new Hellraiser. What did what did you think? Uh, I, I was a really big fan of this. This one and this one's a little bit different for for him, uh, for yeah. Derek Bruckner. Like he's done creature features, you know, he's done some supernatural kind of horror stuff, you know, Hellraiser and like, I guess they're technically demons or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little bit different from I think he did great with it, and especially the yeah, like you said, the visual part of it, because like Hellraiser, the reason why everyone loves the original and regardless of all the goo they just love the aesthetic, like the look yes. of the Cenobites. And I, I think he crushed it. I thought this movie looked so good. And the Cenobites, like they kind of got a little bit of a redesign and I actually liked it better. I liked mm-hmm. them not in the leather, like looking like they're in the matrix. Exactly. It gave him, I like how I think in an interview he said he used the, like idea of like the leather and stuff from the first one and made it so like leather is basically skin right Mm -hmm. so he turned their skin into the leather and that's what i think made it where they look more like they're definitely still creepy but they look like almost beautiful and like urethral or something like or angelic like angels which is kind of what from the first one well they kind of are beautiful (laughs) in their own way but the whole basic plot of the movie is not at all the same as the ori- as the the original one actually where it's 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 still a take on Clive Barker's 1987 horror classic but in this one it has a young woman struggling with addiction who comes into possession aka she steals the ancient puzzle box um unaware of its purpose to sen- summon the cenobites and i would love to hear if that if that's about your plot of the movie would you what's your summary my summary of this movie is a Hellraiser movie that's actually about the Hellraisers. You mean the Cenobites? Yeah, I'm calling them the Hellraisers. <laughs> the Hellraisers? Are, I'm good. not going to <laughs> I'm not going to yield that Frank in the original is the Hellraiser. No, the Cenobites are the Hellraisers. Is he supposed to be? I, I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. This is the first movie actually about the Cenobites. And 
actually about the box. The box in the first one is like a B plot. I Yeah, I didn't learn anything about it from the first one. Just that if you solve it, you will die horribly and you should never even look at it, basically. Well, you don't you don't die. You get tortured for eternity. Same thing, except <laughs> worse. So you're right. But yeah, no, it's basically like this movie. I felt like one of the coolest things about it was that I never really got super into. I mean, granted, I only saw the first two, but I never was super involved or interested in like the Hellraiser lore or like any of like kind of how all that stuff worked or like, you know, I didn't know any of the mythology behind it. I also feel like they didn't really explain it very well in those older movies. So this one, I just felt like it really explained it a lot better. And it made me like really interested to know like about how all of the different, like the different configurations of the puzzle, like how those can affect what you, what ends up happening as well as like, I didn't realize it's a whole separate thing to solve the box and then to like get cut by it. I just assumed that everybody who solves it gets cut by it and then they bleed. That's a new thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I thought that that was interesting and that was something that was like, oh, that's cool. One of the things that stood out to me when I started this is they introduced the idea of the box, what it does, and its connection to the afterlife or hell or whatever that is, the Leviathan. They did all of that in the first 10 minutes of the movie. And they didn't even touch any of that until like the third or fourth movie. Yeah, that was all new to me. I was like, wow, this is informative, but not overly informative. Like you were learning it with the characters kind of a deal. It was it was really good because, yeah, like the fourth movie, by the time you get to any of the backstory of the box, you're like, I've seen so much weird shit. They're like, I don't even know how I feel about anything in this franchise yeah. anymore. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm too confused now. This has been too long. Like, they they barely explain the Cenobites and the box in the first one. All I know is that, yeah, you open it and that's awful. Don't do it. Yeah. Well, and then that was the other thing with this Hellraiser that I really liked is the the slow roll that they did of building up to the Cenobites. Because mm-hmm. in the in the in the original, it's like you see the Cenobites in the first 30 seconds of the movie. Like you 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 they rip them apart and then you see them and it's like, oh, there's Pinhead. And then it's like an hour until we see him again. And this one they tease you with the chains, but like doesn't it doesn't show its whole glory or whatever. It doesn't lay its loaf out. It takes its time with it. <laughs> that is a really gross way to put that, but you're right. <laughs> but I don't like that. But it, it is cool the way that they like, they, they show them a lot more, but they like don't do it too much. And it's, it's very much of a way of like, you learn so much more about them without learning too much. But you don't you learn enough about the mythology without feeling like you've learned everything. Like yeah. that's what David Bruckner really does that in a lot of his movies too. Like the Nighthouse and the Ritual, especially. I'm thinking that like yeah. like you get a little bit about what these things are and like what their deal is, but you really don't know a lot. There's a lot yeah. of questions that you will have and like things they're not sure about. But he's just like you get the important stuff, right? I mean, that's basically. They yeah, they 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 did it right, because it, when I rewatched the original, I just kept thinking I was like, wait, w- when do I see the Cenobites again? 
Like the whole movie, I'm just saying, I'm like, okay, yes, Frank, you're a weird, dead, gooey thing in the attic. But like, when do I see the Cenobites again? Like, I just, I want to see Pinhead again. And then this movie, they, yeah, they don't show you at the beginning. They, they show the chains and stuff, but then like you get little pieces and then it leads to the whole ending. But I was like, that's the right way to do it. Cause I'm not distracted the whole movie of like, where are the cool things that I want to see again? We will not be denied. Your blood is in our hands now. Ours to claim at any time. Oh, you see plenty of them and they're all upsetting. They're all upsetting, but they're beautiful too in their own weird way. But like the visuals again, this movie, like when that, when they're the chick in the back of the car, it's coming for her and like the car like separates like from like where, like, cause you're like, how the fuck are all these Cenobites going to show up in this car? But then it's like the back of the car like goes out and it turns into like this endless hallway. And then like she looks back and like her friends are in the car and yeah. it's like really far away from her. I was like, that shit was scary. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing. I mean, after watching all these horror movies, I have to say, I think the Cenobites in this shit is the worst of the worst <laughs> out of. I mean, besides maybe the Sarlacc pit from Star Wars and being digested slowly for thousands of years, that might suck, too. But <laughs> this is eternal just the worst kind of torture i mean this is this is awful shit it's scary and they i feel like this movie made it more scary than like just gross yeah for me that was yeah that was one of the other things that stuck out to me is like they this movie was gory and it definitely like had a lot of stuff to it but it didn't have like the gross kind of stuff that we talked about with the mm -hmm. with the first movie like like one of the things I, I hated in the first movie is like there were so many close-ups of the chains and the hooking of the skin yeah, and like it pulling the skin, but like it, it looked like cheese on a pizza. Like when you pull, <laughs> when you pull a pizza, it's like, it was like, yeah, it looked that, disgusting, but like, like also like, ugh. it was just, yeah. And like this, it, it didn't have 500 <laughs> close-ups of that. It was just like, and I, I liked that so much more. They had some close-up shots that felt like it was like paying homage to those, like, mm -hmm. or like shots where like the skin was like growing back and it was like a really close-up. It kind of was cool. But but yeah, I was really more worried going into this that it was just going to be very similar to the other one and be disgusting. And it was not at all. Like it was, it had some good gory stuff, but like nothing that like I was like, oh, I can't watch this for like, yeah. I would never rewatch it. I was like, this, this would be the Hellraiser movie that I would watch it anytime this oh, yeah. was fun this is the hellraiser movie that i would recommend to people yeah exactly not the other one unless i know your background we have years of friendship between us i know the weird shit you're into this is one that i'm like oh you like you like horror movies you should watch the you should watch the hulu one yeah please god <laughs> you will not like the other ones but i'm i'm a, i'm a hundred percent with you this is the best hellraiser movie hundred percent this is the, it has to be. This is the one that actually has a plot that develops. That we actually are interested in, too. Yeah. I has... thought, like, the drug addict parallel with the whole thing with the Cenobites is very similar. Yeah. And and they took out all the weird sexual stuff. Thank God. I mean, there's still <laughs> some sex, but it was just nothing as gross and weird as any of whatever they thought was sexy in the first couple movies. It was not at all. The weirdest thing from the first one that I forgot to mention is when Kirsty is in the hospital and she's, uh, she's doing the box and then she like puts her finger in a hole. I'm like, what, what? <laughs> she like uses her pinky. Just... 
I'm really glad that they got rid of all that shit because it was just like this stuff isn't sexy. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, the the whole point of these movies, right, is that these people go to the Cenobites thinking, I've experienced all the pleasure. These guys will know the real pleasures. But then it's like, oh, I'm sorry. These guys who are like flayed alive in all these crazy positions, they only know torture and pain and they think yeah. it's the same. So it's like, it should not be sexy in any way. There's no sexiness going on with torture and pain. <laughs> that is not sexy. And if you're into that shit, good for you. But I am not going to watch a eight, sorry, 11 movies about that. I would watch this one because it, it gets rid of all that stupid shit. And it has like that interesting like mythology stuff that I was actually like, oh, that's cool. Like the fact that there's six different sides of the puzzle and six different configurations that what are, can, what are those you can make. I had to look them up. Because I didn't remember, but somebody on Reddit had already written it all out. But there's Liminal, which was Sensation. So that's like the dude from the the original. Yeah. Yeah. This one says the traditional Hellraiser experience, right? Which is, I want the most pleasure, but the Cenobites think pleasure and pain are the same thing. Mm -hmm. So Leviathan is the second one, which is the god, like the god or the demon whatever the fuck he is uh leviathan the big smoke creature thing i think he's in the second movie too but that choice means power and that's what like the ending of the movie they give that guy power because they realize he becomes a cenobite yeah which is basically yeah they they tore they peel you up and make you some new work of art and then you like learn everything i guess or get all the power from leviathan and then become a cenobite which was pretty cool but like really fucking fucked up. And then lament is what the main girl Riley chooses, which is you choose to live, to carry that weight, bitter and brief. So then that's the first, that's the only three that we actually see in the movie, but the other three lore and that was knowledge, which like, I think the whole theme of these gifts is that they're not really gifts. They're like the monkey's Mm -hmm. paw where it's like, yeah, it sounds like it's a gift, but it's really like, actually they're going to twist it and make it fucked up. Uh, The last one, it says Laudron. I don't know if that's correct. It says it's a Latin translation that means to be praised. So I think they, the priest, AKA pinhead in this movie says that that one's love. So I don't know how the fuck they would love you, but it would be bad, I bet. (laughs) I would be scared of that, yeah. And then the last one is Lazarus, and that is Resurrection. And that's what the main girl thought she wanted the whole movie because she, her brother was taken when she had solved the box but not got cut, and then he got cut by it, and then they took Mm -hmm. him with chains. So she wanted to bring him back, but knowing how their other gifts have turned out, she's decided not to because it probably would have been like oh here's his flayed corpse and he's still alive forever you know like or like a pet cemetery thing where it's like oh you don't really want him back yeah (laughs) now they're evil and fucked up right yeah bring him back on and he's like on the brink of death so then he just dies again yeah it's like fucked up man like basically i think she chose the best option by the end which was i don't want anything from you and they were kind of like oh jesus like i feel like they the pinhead and or pinhead and all the other ones, they kind of were like, 
we're freeing you. These are gifts. Like you'll be happy with these. And it's like, I clearly think our definitions of, of good and bad are, are definitely opposite. I, th- I, th- I think if, uh, if there was like a little, little brief description of each of those, like you just yeah. laid out, I think everyone would choose lament, you know, just like, Oh, status quo. I'll, I'll yeah. stick to that. <laughs> let's, uh, let's all just agree that no one's going to, choose liminal sensation ever again yeah i saw i saw the ratchet set shoved through the other guy uh i'm gonna pass on that (laughs) yes i mean again with the knowledge even if instead of like leviathan if he didn't choose all that power it's like all that knowledge you'd probably go insane from whatever knowledge that would be poured into you like i just i would not choose any of these things (laughs) they all sound bad i can get my own i can i'll be fine I'm never that I'm not good at puzzles anyway, so I wouldn't even be in this scenario unless someone pricked me with the box, which I thought was an interesting thing because I wanted to ask you about that. Okay. So in the original, it seems like I know the box cuts him, right? But he also solved it. So then they the chains take him, right? Yeah. The in the first one, the the blood is not really part Doesn't of Doesn't he also get cut by it or no? Uh, maybe. I thought he did. Uh, I mean, maybe it does, but like the thing is solving the box. Like Kirsty solves the box. She never gets yeah. cut by it. Okay. So then that's what I was wondering is that's why maybe they showed up to her with like an option versus like they rip you apart if you, your blood spills on it. That's kind yeah. of like the implication this movie's going off of. So like she solves the box first in the first configuration, but then she doesn't get pricked by it and she passes out and then her brother finds her and he accidentally gets stabbed by it and then he gets taken to hell. So then my question is, is cause then that happens like basically five more times because they have to do it six times to get to the ultimate configuration to, to see the God Leviathan or whatever the fuck and ask him for something. And at the end though, she chooses nothing. So then is her brother going to be tortured in hell for eternity? Or is he <laughs> just like, they did say like his end was glorious. So does that mean that he died? And like, did the, do all five or six of the people that died this time besides her, did they all get tortured like that forever? Or are they just like, Oh, we'll take you as a sacrifice, but we're eventually going to get you the ultimate one who solved the box. Yeah. I'm not sure. Because, yeah, I, as you were talking, I was just remembering that, yeah, they say they they require a sacrifice. But that's not necessarily this. So in the original, if you open the box, you are the your drive for opening the box is to seek endless pleasure, you know, or endless or sensation or, or whatever. What, the fuck. Well, it's like they're not even seeking like power. It's just like people like Frank is someone who's just, you know. Plow, he's plowed every field in the world and he's like i need more and so he's like doing the whole pleasure thing this one they take a different approach where yeah like you have a choice of what your reward is for it and i really liked that but that's only if you make it through all six yeah you have to but which you couldn't do unless you're sacrificing others so, so yeah. it seems like maybe there's like a separate option where like if you manipulate it so that you're not getting stabbed, you're giving it other blood, then you're sub- giving them victims. But then, yeah, are those victims also tortured, or is it also like the person who solved the box who's the one that gets tortured? That's who the they really want. I can't really tell. They also seem to be into just you know torturing anybody. So. I, their whole thing is based around torture, so I'm gonna assume 
that if you get killed by the box, sacrifice or not, you're spending eternity being. I mean, that fits with the first one because that's what happened to Julia. And like, mm-hmm. so like by the next one, she's still down. She's still in hell. Oh, yeah, so that's right. again, I'm not sure. I'm, I assume that was cleared with Clive Barker, even if he didn't direct it. But I wonder about that because then I'm like, you know, granted, she chose right at the end. You don't want anything from these fucks. But, you know, maybe trade places with your brother. I kind of feel like unless there's no coming back from that shit, I think I think that's pretty fucked. And the roommate. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't seem that like she's like, oh, I did the right thing. But it's like, yeah, but did you like he's going to be tortured for eternity, like pretty extremely. Yeah. Just for like fucking trying to save your life because you took some drugs and almost OD'd. I guess we'll find out in the inevitable sequel. There has to be a fucking sequel, right? Because I feel like this movie did pretty well. It definitely did. I mean, I think that there should be. Uh, David Bruckner said he's into it. Yeah. Give it to him, baby. (laughs) Give it to him, baby. (laughs) I I really loved what they did with the box and how it changed shapes and forms and stuff. Like, it was so cool. I really enjoyed that. And like the whole... Just the, this whole thing that we learned all this stuff, I was like actually like intrigued by all this shit. Uh-huh. And I thought it was just a cool way to like expand things, but then keep it, you know, probably close to what the original mythology is. But for me, I just thought it was really super interesting. And I normally am not very interested in this shit. So I think it did a hell of a job. I love, I was not expecting it. I loved when she stabbed the chatterer. Mm-hmm. That a bite? Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. I was like, that was incredible. Oh, I definitely thought she was going to stab the asshole boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, he deserved it and he gets it at the end because of course that guy's a fucking dick. Yeah. we. I, I mean, he was also smart the whole movie. I was kind of like, I like this guy because he's like, can we just get out of here, please? Like we, whatever this is, we have to go. And I was like, yeah, thank you. Finally. But then I'm like, yeah, of course, of course. He's got to be bad. But yeah, I did think like that was pretty cool. Has nobody ever tried that? Because I would have been doing that shit if I had solved the box and those guys came for me. Chatterer, especially. They always get up. He gets up so fucking close because he has to. And I hate those teeth. I know people were like really sad that he died, but I was like, good. I fucking hate that guy. He'll be back. so upsetting. Well, I thought. Is he though? Is he tortured now or is he at at peace? How did he see? I mean, he seemed he welcomed what was yeah. about to happen to him. I th- I felt like the at the end the guy was turned into the new chatterer because like it like pulled his it's like pulled his face and showed his teeth, but not as much. And it was like some, well, I think he's still, still something early, different. early stages. You know, I don't know. It's not like they're like a set role. You know, I think yeah, they well, all get tortured in their own unique way. But I want to know who's behind the art design because it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, and who's if, coming if, up with these weird ass shit? If he is going to be the chatterer, then he's, he's going to actually have a face because they're not going to have an actor. Yeah. You know, bring that actor in and rip his face off. I do love that actor, though, who plays like the billionaire who's like been doing this the whole time. And now he like got his reward and it was fucking like a harp th- shoved through his chest that was pulling yeah. his like ar- his veins and arteries like kill me yeah or his nerves that's what it was jesus christ again why the- i would rather have no sensation for the rest of my life than have one iota of that see and if he knew the rules he would have been like i i i, ju- I switched to lament 
So uh, take this thing out of me, please. <laughs> I mean, why did it take him six years? I get that he's in pain, but couldn't this guy have like done this earlier? Like it just did seem like, why is this happening six years later? This guy's been in pain. I think he'd want to rush this process. Yeah, that well. It's because the it's because the his his mother-in-law or something, she took the box. Oh, she did. Yeah. So she had it in storage. Mm. And then he got the boyfriend to lead her to it. Sure. Yeah, that, I don't that, remember. Because the the original idea is he was going to lead the girl to the box, and then the girl was going to open the box and cut herself, and then she was going to be the first one. Yeah, but then she took it and ran with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for her, but also it sounds like for everybody else around her, like, fuck that. I was happy that Colin did not die, the the her brother's yeah. boyfriend. I was I really liked him and I mean he should have died. He looked like he got pretty fucked up by the end. Like he had those like ropes on him and then yeah. like he got literally like the guy stabbed him in the stomach and then went stabbed it's up. up. <laughs> Y'all coming out. What the fuck? I did also enjoy the like fact that they had like all the gates around the mansion that they're mm -hmm. in the whole time and how that was all like a configuration to keep out the Cenobites. I thought that was pretty cool. Cause it's like, Oh, it matches back to the puzzle thing. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. I yeah. really liked that. This movie just felt like the refresh that Hellraiser definitely needed. And I feel like I'm ready for like five more of these ones. If David Bruckner can, can work it out and keep going on these. I love it. I'm yeah. here for it real quick on the, on the billionaire guy. I don't know if I honestly thought it, but I think I wanted it when they went into the sex dungeon on the mm -hmm. lower part. And I'm like, Oh, please make this a 50 shades of gray crossover. <laughs> this, Gross. I'm, I think I'm seeing, I'm, I'm, I think it can happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> even though this is happening in Sir, it wasn't happening in Serbia. No, that was at the, I thought the mansion was in Serbia. Oh. Maybe. I thought it was close to where they were. I don't know. I don't really remember now that you think You're about it. You're the one it. who watched it twice. <laughs> I only watched it. Okay, so I watched it, and then Nolan had been watching it, and he actually really liked it. And he was, like, trying to stay up, but then he had to work the next day, so he passed out. And then he, like, I mean, we watched the whole, like, three quarters of it again. Uh, so I just didn't watch the beginning again. I need to go back and watch that part because I was not paying attention to the Serbia. <laughs> I noticed that. But then I thought, do these people all live in Serbia? Is that what we're supposed like, to be told? How did they get to Serbia? <laughs> I was wondering that, too, because I was like, yeah, that's a thing, I guess. <laughs> I, I couldn't fly to Serbia on a moment's notice. I don't know about you, but I also like I feel like they drove down the street to go get her from the mansion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like when when she was there alone and like fucked up shit and it's like they all just show up to help her and it's like how the fuck did you guys get here if i if you had to fly to serbia <laughs> there's no way <laughs> but yeah i just i mean i watch the night house and the ritual all the time so i'm sure this will be in the rotation now yeah because yeah. it's also just it's got some dark fucked up shit but it's just incredibly watchable <laughs> yeah this was this was a great example of of a of a reboot I think it's safe mm -hmm. to say this is a reboot. There's, I would assume so because there's a new pinhead, but yeah, I, don't I mean, know. unless like Kirsty pops up at some point, like <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> 
this isn't the movie franchise for that. That's got to yeah. be like with the originals. They were stretching it when they tried to bring back the chick from the original Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. It's like, I'm, also, the actress is dead, so you're really reaching. <laughs> like, there's just no reason to, you know? But yeah, this was this was great. Like, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I, I don't know if I'd put it in, like, great must-see horror. For me this year, I feel like it is. Yeah, it's really good. Like I, it was much better than I was expecting. I think it's a really good, just fresh start for the franchise. Mm-hmm. I really hope with with a sequel. I don't know if it's just me personally. I don't really care to see any of these characters again. I would kind of like a a fresh, different story, different characters. I just yeah, all these characters. I was kind of meh. I think I like the billionaire the most, but. Yeah. I don't know, just a lot of the, the, I don't know, I just wasn't really engaged with it. So, but I, I loved all, I loved uh, Pinhead. What's that actress's name? Jamie Clayton. Jamie Clayton. She, Excellent. Yeah. She was, she was great. Our gifts are boundless. I want them. Yes, you do. Unbelievable. Like, I want, I love, I thought she was so good as, pinhead that and also they call her the priest because Mm -hmm. in the original that's like in the book i guess that's what the name is and they gave him pinhead for like the movie to make it like a thing so now he's like a horror icon yeah but now it's like Clive barker never actually referred to him as pinhead it was like a fan created thing and then it just stuck exactly and (laughs) so like it's like that that was be created based on the movie once you like visualized him you know so Mm But yeah, I thought it was excellent, and I'm here for another sequel. I think that they should greenlight it right away and give them a more budget, just like they're doing with the guys who just did the new Scream. Like, these good reboots, like, ink, let's get this shit going. Give me a new trilogy. And here's what I want. Call me crazy. Let's have the Predator open the box. Let's see who wins that. Ooh. <laughs> the Prey Hellraiser crossover event. <laughs> Dude, that would that the the tickets would sell themselves. That's a fucking excellent idea. I think you mean the Hulu subscriptions. Whatever. I want to see it like live. It's like a fucking WWE fight, but not WWE. I want it like UFC, like bloody and shit. Like I want to know what happens because I mean Predator, he'd have to get taken. There's no way. Yeah. Unless he studied. Unless he can fucking like X-ray scan it, see what. Nah, I don't need to deal with that shit. I'm not going to open Hellraisers it. Hellraisers <laughs> are winning, winning that. Pinhead's just going to pull all of the weapons off, like, with the chains. Yeah. He, he's screwed. Plus, Predator dies in every fucking movie, so <laughs> he's definitely yeah. going to lose. <laughs> but then why do people think he's so fucking good? Because <laughs> they're always like, Predator's the fucking shit. And it's Something like... I've never understood. The Predator dies in every movie. There's I a know. wide range of athleticism that kills he them. Even... He has to team up with humans in Alien versus Predator because he can't take the fucking aliens. Like, come on. Even the humans can kill the fucking aliens in those aliens movies, right? I mean, you're right. I think Predator gets way too much. No offense to him. There's some good ones, I'm sure, but. We got to be honest, people. Yeah. Stop believing the lies. Stop believing the lies, okay? (laughs) The new Hellraiser is the best movie and. What was the other thing we just said? <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing track of our hot take. Prey? Predator? Yeah. Oh, the Predator is actually a shit fucking <laughs> yeah. like, villain. And he's he's not a good... He's probably 
the worst at battle out of all, every villain I could think of. I think Esther could even take him. Oh, uh, we talked about this, I think, for a second in our villain draft. Where it's like, <laughs> no, I'm not picking the Predator. He has the worst track record. Well, I was just like, I'm sorry, but like fucking Nolan's always in my ear about how badass the Predator is. And I'm like, I mean, he's hella cool, but like he also was lost to like, <laughs> I mean, everybody. <laughs> Next time he says it, just say, oh, which one? Because they all died. <laughs> Did he lose to Gary Busey or was it Danny Glover in that movie? Danny like... Glover. But Gary Busey's also in that movie. So he might, technically he might have he chimed lost... in. <laughs> if he lost it. To... Yeah, that's that's upsetting. <laughs> You're right. I think that's the hot take of them all. But it's the truest, if anything. The truest. But we're also going to stick with the new Hellraiser is the best Hellraiser movie. And come fight us if you disagree, because I don't really give a shit. Yeah. It's fucking great. <laughs> We'll talk. We'll we'll argue with you about Hellraiser. We will not argue with you about Predator. No, it's, it's a fact. fact. Predator dies constantly. I'm <laughs> updating his fucking Wikipedia page tonight just to see like how many people like probably update that thing all the time. <laughs> I just want to post it everywhere and see what how many people get hella mad about it. But uh. it's like I'll give you however many Predator movies, seven, eight worth of evidence. I think that's enough. <laughs> If Freddy had enough movies where he got killed, then he would be a shit villain. He comes back at the end of every single one. Predator never pops up for the final scare. He's always fucking got his head chopped off and put up in a trophy room somewhere else. Oh, Just the, the facts. Predator. Yeah. I love Predator. Don't get me wrong, but fuck the Predator. He's a little <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Hope you had a good time listening to hear us talk about Hellraiser, old and new. Hope you enjoyed the new one. And uh, if you watch the old one, I hope the gooeyness does not traumatize you. Ooey gooey. Ooey gooey. <laughs> My favorite. Uh, well, that was fun. So before we uh, talk about what we're watching next week, um, we got to announce the winner of the villain draft. Ooh, ooh. we asked you who you thought and you guys responded let me just tell you yeah thank you uh, yeah thank you so much for responding um so we got uh just just shy of 600 votes and renee's team was jigsaw pennywise the creeper the thing and gabriel from malignant my team was Esther from the Orphan, Samara from the Ring, the Xenomorph from Alien, the It Follows Sex Demon, and Jason Voorhees. And with just a little bit under 600 votes, with 55% of the votes, the winner was Renee. Woohoo! As expected, I have to say. I. Would, I'll definitely agree with you. I definitely thought you were going to win, but I will tell you what, I am beyond proud. 45%, it was close. It was it close. Was, people believe in the Esther sex demon tag team. It's a thing. Yeah. And you guys showed up and showed out. So I'm proud of you. We lost, but damn it, I'm going to take the moral victory on that. I will give it to you there that 
I'm shocked that that many people were really on board with your plan, but I mean, who knows if they even, they probably just saw the sex demon in Esther and thought, now that's creative. (laughs) Because immediately I think you could put two and two together that there's going to be a lot of sexing and and drugging going to be involved on that team's uh, strategy. A lot of non-consensual things were happening with my team. Yes, they were. And I think that is probably, hopefully, why my team ended up winning because we were all consensual about our murders and no rapes. So I will give us that. It's probably for the best my team didn't win. My team should not experience any any form of victory. No, they don't deserve it after the (laughs) the horrible shit that uh, they tried to pull on my team. Let's just say that... (laughs) Any team that's willing to defile the other ones should be automatically discounted. But we'll we'll let you stay in the game and you know, you got close. That's all about that's about it. I'm proud of you for that. I'll take it. Insert clapping sound here. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Good good job, Renee. You killed it. Your Thank team was you. OP. You drafted like a pro. I, yeah. I I have to give it up. If I wouldn't have won, I would have killed myself. So <laughs> <laughs> would have been pretty embarrassing. <laughs> Then it's just the regular podcast. Yeah. And I mean, come on, we need that exclusive, baby. Exactly. (laughs) And if you're sitting here listening and wondering, what the fuck are they talking about? Go back a couple episodes and listen to our villain draft. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Battle Royale between two teams of villains. You just heard the results, but you know what? That won't ruin the journey, I think. Go back and enjoy it. It was (laughs) it was quite fun to do, and I, I think I think you'll like it. Well, Renee, what are, what are we doing this week? It's been anticipated. We've yes. been waiting for this week. We have been working our way up to this. We just uh, covered the first couple movies in this series. So this week we are going to be talking about the brand new Halloween Ends. Allegedly. Allegedly Ends. <laughs> See, I, I think we've established it's probably not over. But supposedly it's going to end October 14th. So we're going to be dropping our episode next week. Give you guys a few days to catch up on it over the weekend. I don't know if you're as excited about it as I am, but if it's anything like Halloween Kills, I'm going to have a fucking blast. And so, yeah, it's going to be released in theaters, but then also same day on Peacock. Yes. And so, you know, us homebodies, we will definitely be watching it at home. Oh, yeah. If you give me that option, don't don't get (laughs) mad when I use it. But we we are after Halloween kills. We are expecting a bloody good time. And we can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. And I mean, if it sucks, we'll just have fun dunking on it anyways, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. Jamie Lee Curtis said she's really done this time. But, you know, 20 years from now, we'll see. She might be making a comeback. Her and Michael. We can't take her word for it at this point. Yeah. It's been requeled twice. Well, what if they end up at the same retirement home? I mean, that could be a fun one for another reboot. I would watch that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, this was a lot of fun. We hope you guys had a good time with us. In the meantime, um, do all the social media things. You know, we're everywhere. So follow, subscribe, do whatever you like, you know, make sure it's with us. Yeah, the regular exclusive. Just search us. Our, our name might be a little different on each one, but I, I think we're the only regular exclusive. So check us out. Hopefully. I thought you checked. If, <laughs> if there is another one, we will come for you. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, check us out. And then wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a review. You know, we want those five-star reviews. If you hate us, I guess you can leave another review too. But 
you know, review us. And maybe that's a good place to submit a recommendation of a movie you want us to talk about. Yeah, I was just about to say, keep sending us recommendations for November. October is booked. We're, we're ready to rock and roll. So send us some good Thanksgiving fall pumpkin spice latte recommendations. Are we getting like recipes for like Thanksgiving dinner? Or are you Maybe. talking like movies? Recipe recipes for great movies. Ooh, great Thanksgiving go. movies. Because Christmas movies, there's so many of them. Yeah, there's like two Thanksgiving <laughs> movies, maybe. Yeah, send us your recs. We want to hear it. And anything you send us, you know, maybe we'll end up talking about it. We need good ideas. And mm-hmm. we'll be mixing it up after October's over. So we'll be ready to throw in some stuff that's not so terrifying. <laughs> yeah, going to go on a little break. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not me personally, but just yeah. for the sake of everyone else, I get it. I would be worried if you went on a horror movie break. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next time. Regular exclusive. Out!